RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. The Trek File, Season 2, Episode 4, Gene Roddenberry Letter to Norman Felton, October 1st, 1965. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Well, welcome back, Star Trek fans, background fans, canonistas, and yes, you Trekophiles, spelled with an F. We have a very, very special show. We're going to be diving into some of those deeper realms of Gene's drawers <laughs> and files today. We have a very special first-time guest who will be joining us with some of his reminiscences about our topic today, which precedes Star Trek and yet is one of those tangents that can't help but have an impact on Gene's life and what we know of as Star Trek today. Give a listen. And remember, you can follow along with us at facebook.com slash thetrekfiles for the actual documents. In answer to your question, as soon as I have a show on the air, I will certainly let Nimoy audit one. If you're not interested in the same, no reply, or a simple answer to that effect would have been sufficient. If you're exhausted, please do not hesitate to call upon my friendship. If you're in trouble, the same. Yours sincerely, Gene Roddenberry. All right, Trekophiles, we've got a really, really cool episode today here on the Trek Files. As you know, the Trek Files is not just about Star Trek. It's about any, any and everything from Gene or addressed to Gene from throughout his career that we're lucky enough to still have and be able to access in his archives. And that includes all his seminal works before, during, and after Star Trek. And one of, the, his, one of Gene's earliest successes was a series called The Lieutenant, which introduced him further to the circle of the small town that is Hollywood in the 60s. But several of the others that he worked with on The Lieutenant went on to even greater successes. Our documents today are correspondence with one Norman Felton, who, if you know your cult TV, <laughs> know that Norman Felton was the uh, line producer, showrunner, basically, for The Man from Uncle uh, in its series in the 60s and uh, the follow-up movies later on. Our guest today is uh, an Oscar winner for his creature effects, special effects makeup on Beetlejuice. But he's a man of many hats around Hollywood, and he's a person with some special uh, first-hand knowledge of all things Uncle, being a consultant, advisor, guru, and big fan of that uh, universe, and now how it intersects with Gene Roddenberry's life. So, Bob Short, welcome to the Trek Files. It's a real find to have you here. Uh, thank you, guys. It's a real pleasure to be here. It's been fun starting up and kind of reminiscing about the Uncle and uh, Star Trek connections, um, you know, as we kind of started up the day. And um, I, think, uh, I think people will be uh, rather interested and um, uh, fascinated, as they would say, by uh, the Uncle Star Trek connections that there are. Well, I'm becoming more and more fascinated by your personal <laughs> Star Trek connections, even over the years. But we, sh we should start here with square one with our documents today. And don't forget, you can find – we have a back and forth today with Norman Felton and Gene Roddenberry, who were acquaintances, colleagues, friends here, um, and having worked together on The Lieutenant, Gene's first show. 
So let's start there. Our actual correspondence that you can see there at Facebook.com, friends, on the Trek Files, uh, basically is just Gene writing kind of a cursory letter asking Norman as uh, his series gears up here to uh, – oh, it's, it's been on for a year. The, the Man from U.N.C.L.E. has been on for a year, and it's a huge hit. And um, he's just basically asking for what, what Rick Berman would later on in the Next Gen Era call director school. But it's interesting that he's talking about Leonard Nimoy already saying he has an affinity and an inclination to want to direct. And he's just saying, we're going to let him look at that here on uh, our future shows. How about letting him do that? Because he had been on, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he'd been already a guest star first season on Uncle, right? Yeah, during first season he had been on the Strygas Affair, which uh, of course is uh, by now famous for uh, Star Trek and Uncle fans, the fact that it seems to be, as far as I know, the first time that uh, Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner mm-hmm. ever worked together and appeared together and uh, had scenes, actually, together. And, of course, having having talked to uh, both of them at some time or another, um, neither of them remember ever <laughs> working together on that episode. So, you know, it was just, you know... It was just one more one more TV thing that they right. were doing at the time, and uh, they don't seem to even recall, you know, even doing the scene together. Ironically enough, it wasn't like it it, it wasn't something that you know was was paved the way for their friendship during the Star Trek years. It right. was just their response was, "What? I worked with him on that on that scene." If only what? we had proof to show them. Oh, wait, we do. <laughs> yeah. It's called film. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that little, uh, there are a couple of scenes, but the one I remember yeah. mostly is the but bump. The, but the, but the, ir- the, the irony that, that Gene would be a friend of Norman's and vice versa, and that Norman would be the first person to put uh, Shatner and Nimoy together in a show and have them playing against each other, hero versus villain, and to have scenes together the fact that there's that overall connection between all four, you know, all four people is actually kind of astonishing. Well, Bob, I know you're a rookie around to these parts, but uh, it's a small town. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is amazing. What's And as we've talked about this, so Uncle... Uh, Uncle premiered in, in the fall of 64, mm-hmm. so it's got a couple of years on Star Trek because yeah. it became a huge instant hit. And, and, yeah. and just going back to the correspondence here, just before we get too far from it, uh, so it's already becoming a, a huge hit. He knows that. Um, Gene's making this just request on behalf of Leonard, who for Gene now shot the Cage pilot in 64 and was the only character slash actor to be pulled back for the second pilot to survive the great rejiggering and reformatting of the show and and shooting where no man's gone before so you know gene's a fan of leonard at least at this point in life and uh and so here's norman felton writing him back i guess totally misunderstood what did you take from this you 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 knew not you didn't well, have dinner with him every yeah, night. No, but you, I mean, Norman was always a very fatherly figure, open to all kinds of things. And I think that what it just reflects is that Norman was taking a a you was taking it from a professional viewpoint, which was. But I, and I don't know why at this point. You know, he was he was saying once you know uh, once you have Leonard you know audit your show you know, your series, have him come on down. He just didn't want to be the, for whatever reason, he didn't want to be the person to be the first in line to give Leonard that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And he was certainly in the letter, 
indicate the memo indicates you know you know gene if you have enough gene, basically he's saying gene if you have enough faith in him and he does it on your show then i'm glad to have him come on down to ours um but at the same time i can understand why gene felt like hey i asked you for a favor I don't understand why you're putting why you're putting a professional a, kind of block on this, right. which is not like Norman because, nor you know, it not you know, it, it it it's not like Norman to do something like that. And on top of it, the fact that Leonard had worked with Norman on his own series, you know, previously, right. I would have thought there'd be more of a relationship there. Um, it sounds more like, to me, it just sounds more like a policy thing that Norman couldn't open the door to Leonard without mm -hmm. other people who were standing in the hallway saying, wait a minute, you did that for, Nor for Leonard, right. how come you're not doing that for me and my client? Right. I think he was probably... Me and my cousin. Me and my cousin. <laughs> so I think that, I mean, I think that that's my, my own take is... Ten to one, Norman didn't want to set a precedent because he knew if he opened the door, the slippery slope was going to be too tough to, to deal with. And and, right. and that would be my, that would be my guess. Because the two of them had worked. Hand, I mean, they, they both the produced two, they, the lieutenant. Yeah, they they yeah. worked together and um, for a you season. Know, and and Gene had always you know seemed to ask for you know uh, Norman for advice and certainly. Uh, when they went into the pilot for Star Trek, um, Gene had asked Norman for advice on, you know, some on on a designer for the laser cannon, whatever you want to call right. it, the laser rifle, and um, we call it the phaser rifle. The phaser rifle. Yes. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, not, yeah, my my my, uh, my fault. My apologies. Um, that um, Norman was the person that Gene went to to get a recommendation on a designer who because the by that time the uncle special the pistol that converted into a rifle was like mm -hmm. a, a its own phenomenon on the show and got its own fan letters equal to the <laughs> cast really? of the show and it, it was like as as I, almost as iconic as the you actors know what? themselves I do remember seeing him pose with it in the Sears Christmas catalog oh, right absolutely. right right it was a absolutely. big toy yeah it was yeah. the Napoleon solo gun big on the Christmas list yeah. you know uh, guns explosives etc something that you don't find on the Christmas list today but no. But it, it, at that time, yeah, the Uncle Special had become very famous, got its own fan mail. Every, people were doing parodies on it. You know, it appeared different places. The, guy, the actors had to always take the gun with them when they went on pr promotional tours. They'd take the gun on airplanes with them and travel across the country. It was you a know, simpler time. A simpler time. It was a gentler time, Bob. <laughs> and um, so, so in any case. Um, as ironic I, I, as that would be I, with talking about guns, but yeah. Right. And uh, now that I've gone to the other side, um, Reuben Klamer, who had, had been a part of the design of the Uncle Gun, mm -hmm. um, was recommended by Norman to um, Reuben, I mean, not Reuben, but to Gene, um, to help with the design of the phaser, the phaser rifle the that phaser was in rifle. Where No Man. Yeah, the gone before the second pilot. So there is right. a, you know, there's a connection between the Uncle Special and that. And that phaser rifle, but that speaks to, and you know, again, we're just we're just scratching the surface here. We're yeah. only into file one of forty-seven right. million gene files, 
and we've already we're, we're coming across this. But you were talking about how um, there was kind of a protege uh, junior mentor relationship with Gene and Norman here. And, and some, I'm sure Gene looked around Hollywood for inspiration here, but that that he consulted Norman often, oh, I'm or sure. at times about questions yeah. like that. Who yeah, do you know that is... can design weaponry or who whatever? Right. Some of his right. savvy. Yeah, and and what I'm going to say, I, I'll just add the irony. I won't say irony, but interestingly enough, the creation of a lot of the things on the Man from Uncle was asked backwards. In that, they, the <laughs> the the licensees for the toys for Man from Uncle would make requests for certain items to be made for the show so that they could sell. So that. The Uncle Special was an idea that Sam Rolfe had as far as some kind of mm -hmm. pistol that converted to something. But it was the toy company that came in and said, we could, you know, the, the basic kind of look of the gun and what it does would make a great toy, so here's our idea. So the, the idea kind of sprang from, from Sam Rolfe, but then it was the toy company and the, license, the licensor, the licensing company, the merchandising company, that influenced the actual design and the building of the of the Uncle Special, and that's why Reuben Klamer got involved, right. and then the Star Trek. So, so my mind just melted down on two or three fronts. We should mention that Sam Roth was the actual creator, yeah, well, uh, executive well, producer, creator of Uncle. Right. right the well, Norman Uncle. Norman Felton carried the carried the load of. Of working, of creating the basic idea, then then Norman Felton and Ian Fleming, creator of James Bond, then got together and fleshed it out further. Then Fleming dropped out, and Norman went to Sam Rolfe, who then added the organization of Uncle to support this oh, right. mystery right. secret agent. Because we've had Sam Rolfe's name bandied around yeah. a lot for being the creator uh, head guy of Have Gun Will Travel. Right. So again, this circle of Sam Roth was even known uh, to Michael Piller in the DS9 days, and in his later years when he was needing assignments uh, for writing. Here's yeah. this. Here's uh, yeah. uh, the guy. Have gun will travel. Co-developer on Uncle. This you know giant in in yeah. 60s, 70s TV, and in his later years, Michael Piller was yeah. giving. He was he has some credits yeah. on DS9 yeah. to help him out. And then I have a question for you guys. If my memory serves me correctly, Peter Allen Fields right. wrote for Star Trek right. as well. Peter's very first script that he ever wrote was for the Fiddlesticks Affair first season, Man from Uncle. He was an attorney that was working for the accounting section, and they decided they give him a chance at writing a script because he was really interested in doing that. So right. they said, okay, we'll give you a shot. He went home that night, came back the next morning with a full script. <laughs> and they said, you're not, well, no, 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 that's not the way it's supposed to work. <laughs> You've got to take your time and stuff. And it turned out that the script was so good, they basically shot it as is. And it has some of the greatest dialogue, camaraderie stuff between Solo and Ilya and the innocent and the, the, the scheme of Thrush, et cetera. So Peter Allen Fields, that's where Peter Allen Fields got his start, was one day, you know, somebody, Norman, right. saying, you want to write for us? Okay. There you go. We'll go for it. Well, he's, he's a great, another protege in, in, in Michael Piller's circle and was brought in, you know, Pete Fields wrote some of the Loxana Troy shows on Next Generation and New Majel and, and helped out in the early years of uh, DS9 too. Bob, there is, a, th th <laughs> this is, it's so interesting talking about these, these guys 
uh, no women, but these guys uh, in that time that all knew each other and are all springing off. And this kind of goofy correspondence between Gene right. and Norman here, where he kind of he kind of punks him at the end well, there. Does. Do you know what audit means, Norman? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> but then he has that kind of that enigmatic uh, wind up there. Uh, if you're exhausted, I can be your friend. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not, yeah. but it's all just as a parting shot. Exactly. It's interesting that when they worked on the lieutenant together, here's two journeyman guys building their right. careers. But with just within just a year or so, here's uh, Felton with a huge, huge mega hit. Yeah. Um, and Gene is still in the aspiring. I'm trying to sell my pilots yeah, and get bad. him on His, the air. Too bad Gene's stuff didn't turn into a mega hit. If only, you know, if only he'd tried harder. Yeah, just knew, he just needed to network a little better and, and know. <laughs> Listen, uh, Bob, we, we need to have you come back. Would you please come back and flesh out some more of the memos here? Because this circle between Uncle and, and, uh, and Trek and Gene and Norman and even... Dare I say, maybe even Robert Vaughn, the star yeah, of Uncle, right. is worth exploring a little more. I think right. we have some. I think we can find some more papers in the files I hope to so. have you come back. All right, I look forward to it. Okay, great, thanks. The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer Rod Roddenberry. Additional production by Ken Ray. All documents are available at Facebook.com/slash The Trek Files. For more great podcasts, check out podcast.roddenberry.com. And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek in Portal 47. That's me at LarryNimacek.com. Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.